Welcome to the Freelance Revolution Podcast. I'm Leah. And I'm Sarah. We're both seasoned freelancers running successful businesses that allow us the flexibility to live the lives that we want. We do different work as freelancers, we find our clients in different ways, and we have different business models. The one thing that unites us is a passion for helping others work on their own terms. We're not here to give you a silver bullet or sugarcoat the work it takes to develop and run a successful business. We're here to guide you through the journey we've already taken, bust common myths about the freelance lifestyle, and give you the support you need to keep going when things get tough. The Freelance Revolution Podcast is brought to you by Freelancers Aligned, our free community for freelancers and solopreneurs. Our members get live access to our podcast recording each month and exclusive access to submit questions to the Q&A portion at the end. Did we mention that membership is free? Go to freelancersaligned.com to learn more and sign up. Welcome to finding work. Like, let's talk about that. Um, Right now, that's a little overwhelming of a topic to think about for me because I am inundated with client work right now. Um, I have about a three to five month, give or take, wait list, which is an awesome feeling, but it can be an overwhelming feeling because that keeps growing. Um, but what that does is that reiterates to me that I've done a good job of building out my portfolio, having good testimonials from clients, doing a good job like that. I'm going to take that, that overwhelmed feeling and I'm going to recondition it into a compliment. That's just how I have to take it at this point. So, um, what have you got going on? You have new stuff going on. I have new stuff going on. Um, And it's like still not fully ramped up yet. Um, It's like still ramping up. So it's going to be, it'll ultimately be a six year um, project. And it involves a lot of stakeholders and different players. And so it's like the, and the way that it has worked, it's grant funded. And so the way that it's worked is they've been like doing cycles of like, bringing on this team and then there's a cycle of proposals and they bring on a few other teams. And so everyone is sort of like still ramping up and getting, um, situated. And so, yeah, it's starting, but it's like still ramping up. It's not like fully there yet, which is actually kind of nice. I have some other things ramping down, um, or literally just ramped down, um, yesterday at the end of August. So that's also nice because I'm taking, a week off this month, like a full blown week. And so it actually feels like really good timing for that. Um, so yeah, but the, um, so the main topic that we're going to cover today is platform versus networking and networking, I think is like an imperfect word because it's not the, Mm -hmm. it doesn't fully encompass the, like either you're on a platform or this is how you do it, but it's the best we could think of. Right. And, um, so like you're on a platform or you're what Sarah does. Exactly. (laughs) That's how we describe it. And I'm sure there's like plenty of like other like methods besides like platform or what I do. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of get into that. I wonder if we just want to start by giving an overview of like how we do find work and sort of 
the trajectory, like I can tell you like sort of how I like started and how I found work in the beginning and then that how sort of snowballed into like how I find work now. And if yeah. you want to do the same. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So um, as most of you know, I'm a freelance project manager and I started working for myself by accident I was a project manager for um, educational nonprofits for a lot of years and ended up leaving that and just sort of like floundering for a bit, quite frankly, to figure out what else I wanted to do and took on contract work in the interim to pay the bills while I figured that out. And so the contract work that I took on in the beginning was basically doing work for a lot of the people I had worked for before, just as a contractor, not an employee. So it was like running very similar, if not like the exact same projects that I had run before as a project manager for nonprofits, um, mostly research projects and programmatic work. And that by the point that I decided to sort of go full on into working for myself, I um, started doing what I sort of refer to as networking, although I also feel like that's sort of an antiquated term, but it's the best I got. So, and like when, I will be curious what you think of this, but one thing that I tell freelancers all the time is like, no matter how you find work, everyone should network. And this is how I like classify networking because quite frankly, I hate, there's like networking that people do, where it's like you join like a group, like a chamber of commerce or something like that. And you go to all these events and like deliberately talk to people who are strangers trying to like make connections and like do all those kinds of things. I hate doing that. I hate talking to strangers at large events. It is like, it sounds like the most awful thing in the world to me. So what I frame, and not that that's not valuable, it totally is. You can totally find tons of work doing that. I just like personally hate it. What it's I exhausting for it's me, exhausting like, and like terrifying for me. I am an introvert that I'm forcing myself to be an extrovert. So that took me to a whole new level of uncomfortableness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So when I like the way I think about networking is literally what I did when I first started out is I told everyone that I knew, whether they were like a quote unquote work colleague or not, um, a work connection or a personal connection, what I was doing. I'm going out on my own. This is what I'm doing. All of that requires a little bit of like work on the front end, which like I did not have in the beginning, but I've gotten better at of like actually being able to talk about what you do in a way that paints the picture for people about the problems you solve, which like is a whole topic that we can cover a different day. And I literally just like reached out to everyone I had ever worked with before and like asked them if we could get coffee. And I didn't go into it being like, Hey, it'd be great if we could, if like there's, I can get some work out of this. Although obviously I had that mindset. Um, But I just started making connections and like spreading the word about like, hey, I do this as a contractor now. Like if you need anything or know anyone that needs anything. And almost every single time I also asked at the end of those meetings, who else should I talk to? And so the people that I already knew was actually like really fun because I got to connect with a bunch of people that I had worked with before that I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, 
And that was like actually really awesome. And then because it was like them being like, hey, you should totally talk to this person or this person. Um, I, I also got to meet other awesome people that did involve talking to strangers. <laughs> so like that's definitely a part of it. But um, it actually so it was, was your like, terms and on your time and exactly. you have your own agenda rather yes. than let's do this weird random icebreaker to get to know someone like yes. those games. Oh, no. And and it was like referred to me by people that I like know and love and trust. So like I trusted them to be like, here's like an awesome person you should talk to. Mm -hmm. And so that was like not was actually like fun getting to do that. Um, And then the way that my projects are structured, like we talked about before, is like I mostly have I have much few many fewer clients than Leah and much longer, like larger, longer term contracts. And so like I only take on like three to four maybe five clients at a time. And then those people are with me for like years. And so I'm actually not like, um, taking on, I'm not having to like network constantly because the other way that that works is that like these people turn into long-term, um, relationships that people that I work for over and over and over again, um, which is something we'll talk about in, in our next episode about like, do you date your clients or do you marry them? And like, what's the balance there? So I'm not going to get too much into that, but like from the finding work perspective, I like always have my feelers out there and it'll be interesting for you to give your take on your like perspective on this, Leah, because I know yours is completely different. Like you're doing like interview calls and stuff like that all the time. But like, I, I am like laying long-term groundwork for larger, longer term contracts, like all the time. And I also work in like kind of a specific weird niche. And so it's also like, I'm making connections with people that like work that like employ the type of freelancer that I am. And that's not something personally that I can do on a platform. Because people that hire the type of project manager I am aren't looking for them on platforms. Most people don't even know that project managers like me exist for the type of work that I do specifically on research projects. Um, So, yeah. And then also, I think there's just like a component of luck. Like, I, my most... Um, the projects that I love the most that are also like the most lucrative that land turn into long-term, really profitable, amazing, fulfilling work. It like almost came to by accident. Like someone will make a connection for me mm-hmm. and then like, we won't talk. And then like a month later, they'll be like, Hey, I'm going to write you into this grant. And I'll be like, great. Yes. And then we work together forever. Um, the, this most recent one that I'm about, that I'm just starting now I met this person through, um, they interviewed me for something. And then a few months later, we had like talked about keeping in touch. A few months later, I emailed them. I was like, Hey, just wanted to touch base. Um, and she was like literally writing a grant right at that moment and was like, yeah, it's funny that you reached out because like I'm writing this grant. So I do make a habit of like, I have a list of people that I, that, I'm not actively working for that I want to keep in touch with. And I put reminders for myself in my like task management thing. That's like reach out to so-and-so like every three months and we will like have coffee, go for a walk, do whatever. 
which again, like most of these people are my friends. So it's like an enjoyable activity to get to do that. And it's just like keeping me top of mind. Right. So before I jump into, um, how I find work, because my work has definitely changed. I just have to like add a fun story into this. So, um, as most of you know, um, Sarah hired me for one of the products that she was working on and we instantly hit it off. And, um, well, at least that's my take on it. Um, Sarah might have a different one, but (laughs) I loved working with Sarah. And so the coolest thing that because I was finding work on platforms for a long time, for about two and a half years before I, for, before I started getting word of mouth referrals, my new, one of my newer clients, my, one of my clients that I adore, like I have lots of clients that I adore, but this one in particular is just very, very fun came from a word of mouth referral who is also really, really good friends with the client that Sarah hired me to work with. So full circle, like I adore this, these people and now I get to work with them. So I feel like that's where the luck comes in. Like you get in a really good groove of people like, like people, you know, there's that whole like saying out there, you attract the people, you know, that you are like, and good people attract good people. And that is like, super, super fun, but we can have, you know, lots of great stories and stuff like that. So that is fun aspect. Um, so, um, back in 2018, when I was dead broke looking for work, I was like, I got to find something on a platform. I didn't have the ability. I didn't have the desire or the bandwidth in my brain to go do those networking coffees. Like Sarah's mentioned, I needed something that people didn't know me. People didn't know, um, where I was going, where I was rebranding myself, like personally and professionally. And I just knew that I needed a fresh start of, work. Um, and I was excited. I was passionate. I was bringing all of my skills to the table, but redoing it in a way that I could leverage over time. I had the realization that my kids were getting older. They were getting less needy of me. Um, they were gaining a lot more independence. And so that freed up a lot of my time that I could jump into clients. So I started on Upwork and I wanted to test out some things. Like I had skill sets of, to be an an ideal project manager. I had some great virtual assistant skills. I had some great strategic skills, but I needed to figure out what made the most sense for me and what skills I had that I could leverage because my goal was to become a six-figure freelancer. Like that at the time, that was my goal. And I knew that, I had to do some testing, like it's some A-B testing that everyone tells you to do. Just test it, see if it works, try again, you know, that try, try again mentality. And so I knew on the Upwork platform, there was going to be tons of jobs posted every single day that I could apply for. So I jumped in and started applying for jobs. When I was in the middle of building my clientele, I was applying anywhere from five to 10 jobs a day. Like, And I'm sure Sarah's thinking, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. Like I could not do that. So I got a system down. I got a process. And so it was, I was spending about an hour and a half a day completing proposals, 
setting up interviews. And then as things started clicking, I was then doing an average of seven to 10 interview calls a week. Okay. That was a lot. (laughs) However, I knew I needed to get to the masses. I knew I needed to flush out. And if after I hung up that call, it didn't bother me if I needed to change my perspective on something, or if I needed to make a tweak in my, um, in my processes, because I was, I never had to have that conversation with them again. You know, my goal on those calls was simply to give them some nuggets, to give them some value. And I could learn at the same time. So fast forward, I decided I'm not a project manager. (laughs) Um, I decided that Um, I can do some virtual assistant stuff, but that is really not in, I mean, it's in my wheelhouse, but it's not something that I want to spend the time of doing. Mm -hmm. I needed to use my thinking brain. I needed to put myself in those challenging situations. And so I landed on being a Kajabi strategist to help people develop courses and memberships. And that's where I've been for the last, um, I would say probably 20 months, like that's the only type of clients that I take. And I absolutely love it. When I finally got there, weeding through tons and tons of jobs, still doing really good. Like you can look all the way back on my upward profile, like five-star review, five-star review, because my true intentions was to always do a good job. Like I wanted to help my other, my clients be successful. And that's, that's never changed. Mm -hmm. Um, Just how I do it and what services I offered, I had to figure out. So kind of like, your first job when you're in high school, like you go to McDonald's and you start working to see if you want to work in the food industry, or you maybe start working at a nursing home. Like it's the same concept of just have to test the waters. So I was really testing the waters and learning while I was earning. Like, that's what I kind of think about it as like, there was a lot of things that I wanted to learn and I got paid while I was doing that. Yep. So that's kind of my whole long rambling story of where I am, where I am now. And I would not trade any of that for a minute. Like I remember some, you know, you always have those crazy client stories and then you have some really, you know, great clients that you still talk to on a regular basis. So, yeah. 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 I wonder if we want to do some, like, because there's pros and cons to doing it both ways. Yep. So I wonder if we just want to run through a few of those. So, um, some of the pros that I find, and again, like pros and cons are subjective because I think it's also like we talked about last week is like, it's just about it's pros and cons are about like the way you want to live your life. And so, yeah, exactly. And so it's not like, it could be the case that like you want to have longer term, fewer clients for longer periods of time, like I do, and there's pros and cons there, or you want to have more clients, some of which, and Leah does a mix of both. Some of them are long-term, some of them are not long-term. So I would say one of the cons, and this is, this is about how I find work and about the way that I structure my work, but, um, some of the cons are that, I can't, it's possible for me to have like a huge cliff. So I have fewer clients and 
I don't necessarily have a pool of people where like, if I need to fill like a $10,000 gap this year, I can just like Leah go on and be like, I'm going to apply for 10 jobs today. Like that's not a part of like, that's not a possibility for the way that I structure my work. Um, So it took me a while to get to a place where it felt like very sustainable, where I was like, okay, I've got like, I've got this year planned out and understand what the next six months of next year look like, at least right now. Um, I think one of the pros from my point of view, and I think this will be a huge, like, I think this is um, a big one for people thinking about going to, to a platform is like, and Leah, you don't, you can speak to this better than I can. You don't technically own your clients. So like when you, if you want, to what if you get them through Upwork, then you have to keep working with them through Upwork. It's not that you can like add them to a mailing list and like market them off platform and things like that. Right. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So how I have kind of overcome that is when I work with a client for a long time, like the fees that Upwork takes go down. So like just to be completely upfront, like when we're recording this, um, the first zero to $500 Upwork takes 20%. And so I build that into my fee structure. So if I know that it's going to be a quick process, I raise my rates a little bit to accommodate for those fees. If I know it's going to be a really long-term contract, then the fees go down. So anything from that $501 to that $10,000, they take 10%. And so then, you know, I just make sure that I include my fees and my pay structure. So I know what I want to take home. Like after that, after they take their fees, I know what I want to come to my bank account. And so that's how I price myself. So then if it's a long-term client and I know it's going to be over that $10,000 mark, which a lot of mine end up being, then I, I look at that as it's 5%. So then I just look at it as it's cost of doing business. Like Upwork takes care of all my payment processing. Like I literally turn on my Upwork time tracker app. I turn it off when I'm done. And magically, like on Thursday nights, I get a notification, your payments are ready to be processed. And I click the button, accept my payment, decide which bank account I want to go in and poof, Monday morning, I wake up and my money is in my bank. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about any of that billing. So for me, that's a really great thing. Um, And so that's just, it's always worked for me. So when I look at it in that mindset, I can, I'm fine with keeping people on that platform. And so for me to stay relevant with clients and how to get that repeat business, I don't technically have an email list per se. However, because I do work on the Kajabi platform, they're always increasing their features. So from a long time ago, I started taking notes that, you know, so-and-so client would really like this feature. Mm So-and-so would really like this feature. So anytime now that Kajabi does a new feature release, I go back to that document that I have all of those things. And I look at who needed that. And then I reach out to them through Upwork because I'm a rule follower. And I just simply say like, Hey, so-and-so like I have it in my notes from when we talked and I put it date and time. Like when we talked about it saying that you have that feature, I just wanted to make sure that you knew that Kajabi now has this feature. Let me know if you'd like to re-engage. I'm happy to do so. You know, we can get you on my, on my project list. So I have had a lot of people come back that way. One, because they're so impressed that I remember it. I really don't. I mean, I remember that I have a list of people. You have a system. 
I feel like it's a good system and it's a good way to follow up. And that's how um, I get return business. So that's what has worked for me. Yeah, that's awesome. I was going to say that like, if I think there's a few like qualifying questions. If you're new, if you're a new freelancer, or even if you're just like rethinking your business model and you're like, maybe I'm platform and I'm thinking of going non-platform or vice versa. I think like one of the questions that I would start with is like, do you have a network? So like I had an existing network of people that I'd worked with before that like completely trusted my ability to get shit done and had no, like, it was really easy for me to be like, Hey, I still do the same thing, but I just do it. You didn't hire me as a contractor. Um, I don't do it for this company anymore. And so like, I already had a network of people where I could like go and do that with. I see a lot of freelancers who are trying to market their services to cult to a completely cold audience like people that like will reach out to me on social media or like cold email me. And like, I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hire anyone that just sends me a cold email or a DM on Instagram. That's like, Hey, can I build your website? I'm like, I don't know who you are. Like, no, I'm not even going to message you back. And so there's like a piece of that where like up a platform, like Upwork gives you, it gives um, clients a sense of like, you've been like between the ratings and the way that they like check your work and like the payment protection on both sides, blah, blah, blah. There's a, it's like a safety net for clients to hire people that they don't, um, that they don't know. So like people are hiring me who either like know me or know someone that knows me. Right. And well, in that same client, like cold outreach is hard. Right. And that same token, like you probably don't even necessarily want your website rebuilt. So that's like kind of coming in your personal space where everywhere, when I apply for a job, like they want my service, totally. like they want me, you know, like they want me to send my, you know, semi-proposal over what it looks like to work with me, all of that kind of stuff. And so that makes it a warmer lead than just that cold calling. I mean, I see it all the time on social media, like those there's tons of Facebook groups out there. Like that's notorious. Like I'll, I started like throwing my hat in the ring in those, but that's just a comment like thread. And it's just like a notification nightmare is how I view that. Yep. Um, not that I'm, I'm not saying that it, it doesn't work. I'm just saying like, that was not for me. I feel like in this whole conversation, we really need to keep front of mind. Like we're sharing our preferences. We're sharing it's what's worked for us. We're not yeah. saying like, these are the only two ways that it's going to work. We're just letting you know, like where we've been and how we've become successful doing what we've done. So I followed a ton of influencers, a ton of people who have made six figures. And I looked at what they were doing and I kind of took pieces of what they were doing, what was working and created it for myself. Like yeah. that's what we're trying to give you here. We're trying to give you a piece for your puzzle to create the life that you love that makes you in alignment with everything that you do. Absolutely. So um, kind of going into, into that a little bit where I think also lifestyle is going to be a contributing factor on how you prefer to work. Like for me, I have a 13 and 15 year old. So the fact that I have no idea where I'm going to be in five years when my daughter graduates. Like I want that freedom to decide at that point. I don't want to be locked into a contract. Like 
where I feel like that makes the most sense for your life right now. That gives you the financial security, knowing that, you know, your daughter's going to still be in elementary school when you finish that contract, you know, so it's just different lifestyles, different goals. And so when I started, like I had some trust issues when I started freelancing, I didn't know if freelancing was going to be the right thing for me. And I felt like I didn't want to reach out to the good connections that I had, like in my circle until I knew that I was a freelancer forever. Uh Like I had to buy myself into this. Like I had to buy into this lifestyle myself before I could ask people to invest in me as a freelancer. Like that's where I was at. Um, I had so much figuring out to do. Um, and so now like I didn't choose to be platform specific, like that's not, it wasn't like, I'm not against networking. That's never what it was. So I've always had it in the back of my mind. I'm going to start platform because that was the quickest way that I saw for myself to get a return on my investment. It was the Mm -hmm. quickest way for me to get consistent paychecks in my bank account every Monday. And when, if I wasn't getting enough or I wanted to, you know, leverage myself in another way, then I'd look at other avenues of income. You know, there also has been a time where I didn't know there were so many uncertainties of like a platform. And I have had a lot of like self conversations of, do I want to have all my eggs in one platform specific? Like that can be nerve wracking too. So let's just call that out because I'm sure that's a big elephant in the room too. And so where that kind of was scary for a while because a hundred percent of my income was coming from the platform. Because when you like what Sarah mentioned earlier, like they kind of own you basically, like they own those contracts, like you mess up and they could just remove your whole profile. Well, that's true. Does that happen? Yeah. I've seen it happen. If you're not following the rules, I'm a rule follower. So I feel like I don't really have to worry about that, but there's still that, that thing in the back of your mind that you're not hundred percent secure, but let's face it in the real world, like you could be canned from a job in two seconds too. So what is security? I think that's a little bit irrelevant. It's just like assessing the risk that you're comfortable with taking. And so for me, like I, I have, I, I have a completely full client load based on my Upwork contracts. I don't have the need or the bandwidth to go beyond that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of, so I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. Like I, I'm not against not being on a platform, but it needed to happen naturally. Totally. And I think you hit on like a couple things there that are important. So like, there's like a, a timeline thing there where it's like, if you like, it takes me a much longer time frame to cultivate one of these like big long-term contracts just because I get written into grants. And so like we write a grant, it takes a year to approve a grant. And then it's like, takes another three to six months for the money to actually come in the door. So like, but between the period of time where I like start that networking conversation and then I'm actually getting paid is like 18 months. And like, if the grant doesn't actually get approved, then it never happens. So there's like a long timeline there. Whereas like, you know, there have been moments where like I've hit like there's always I plan out my financial picture like pretty far in advance. And if I have like some big contracts that are ending, there have been moments where I'm like, oh, like if I had like a gap, 
I could totally also because like I know Leah and she like knows all the things about Upwork. I could totally like decide to like put myself on on a place like Upwork and like get start getting some contracts in to just like fill a gap if I needed to. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you need if you when you're just starting out. And again, I think this is dependent upon like, do you have an existing network or not? Mm -hmm. If you don't have an existing network, my number one piece of advice would be to start with a platform because it's just like an existing pool. It's a warm, like you said, it's a warm audience. It's um, they, the, they feel safer contracting with someone they don't know because like you have ratings and you have a history. Well, not probably not when you first start, but um, it's not, I feel like people try to get work from cold leads all the time, not even leads, a cold audience. And through some of the ways that we've already talked about, or literally like a hair freelancers ask me all the time, like, well, I just need to build like a funnel. And I'm like, is that really going to get you the like, right? Like the long-term steady clients who are going to pay you well, that like come in through like a Facebook ad. Like I'm not, maybe, but like, maybe. that's like the tip of the pyramid, like the amount of like unqualified clients you're going to get or not get is like the bulk. So I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think it depends on like where you're at in your life, what you want, like your time frame, um, the network that you have or don't have the type of work that you want to do. Like if I wanted to pivot to doing something completely different than what I do now, the first thing I would do is probably like use a platform because that's where the clients are. They're ready to go. They're, They're ready. ready to get started. And that's where, when I, you know, hopped into Upwork, I was like, I was ready to make money and the per- people hiring me, they were ready to get work done. So yes. there was no like, you know, time to like, there was no timeline of, okay, I'm going to start here. You know, like we're going to hire you, but we're not starting for a month or there was nothing like that. It was like, okay, we're going to start tomorrow. Like once I got the job offer, I knew that I was starting within a few days, you know, and their credit card is already in there ready to pay because you can see that as a contractor, you can see that they're verified. That's right. Um, and so that's where it was appealing to me now that I have the portfolio that I do, I have my profile built out. I have the reviews and testimonials. Now I feel like I have a little bit more of say in when I'm taking on a new client. Like um, there was a time right around the beginning of 2021 where I was like, okay, I had a bunch of clients that were past their deadlines, like their launch dates because that's what I work in. And a lot of people were wanting to launch early. So I had this really big, like January 1st launch period for way more clients than I care to even talk about at this time. Like it was, I don't even remember like 2020's Christmas. Thank goodness. We were still pretty much in a lockdown because of COVID here in Minnesota. So there wasn't like the family travel, like all that stuff just wasn't happening. Um, because I was working, (laughs) like I would have missed out on everything because everybody had deadlines and I wanted to be true to that. But then what did it do for January for me? It was like, I had three projects that came open because three clients were supposed to launch at the end of January. Well, they launched already January 1st. And so I was like, oh no, like that was the first time in my freelancing where I was like, I need some work. Like I need some more clients. I don't know where I'm going to get them. 
And that's when I really focused on the consistency challenge that I will talk about. And it's really being consistent, applying for three to five jobs a day, quality jobs, making sure that you're pre-qualifying the people that you're applying for, looking at where they, you know, if they're good people to work for. And then always, I mean, I recommend this, whether you're on a platform or not, like understanding the full scope of the job via phone call before you accept a job. Totally. Like that's just, I mean, that's going to be more of a platform specific because that's kind of a no brainer if you're, you know, you have that personal connection off of that. But if you haven't met that person and you don't know what they sound like on the phone, you don't, you can get a lot from that initial phone call. Mm -hmm. So there's my tip of the day. And I would say too, that, um, you still network. So like what you were saying about like keeping track of additional Kajabi features that your clients want and like reaching out to them when those features become available, like that's networking. You know what I mean? Like, just like me being like, oh, I haven't had coffee with so-and-so for three months. Like, let me set myself a reminder to like reach out to them and just like go have coffee. Like that's the same thing. So like, even though you don't, you work like quote unquote on platform, um, it doesn't mean that you're not also networking. So my networking looks a little bit different when I talk about networking. So I find all the gaps in the skills that I don't have. So for me, I am not a Facebook ads person. I don't really want to deal anything in social media. So I've made sure that I have referral partners I'm not a good project manager. So I always keep staring in the back of my mind, like when people need these type of people that I have a network that I can then refer other people to. So what that does for me is it just increases my value proposition. But then I also have gotten a lot of word of mouth referrals from those people. Like I've developed that relationship with, you know, for example, a virtual assistant and, you know, there's work being transferred back and forth. Same thing with a Facebook person. You know, so there's, there's those different types of networking connections that will organically bring you leads and clients too. Yeah. And I think like that is a great reason to join a community like ours, to have those other freelancers that you can connect with. And, um, yeah, I would say that that reminds me of something else I was going to say about networking is like, when you're thinking about networking, also you want to have those people that you can refer out to and they want to, you want to have them also refer people to you. When you're looking for those types of people to like connect with, I also always tell people to look at people that might be like a hub. So what I mean by that is like, it's great to connect with someone who might need a one-off Kajabi project. But if you can connect with someone who like, um, like an example, Leah and I belong to a membership group for a little while of folks who teach people how to um, sell workshops online. And a lot of those people use Kajabi. And so like that would be like an example of a hub is like if you can connect with someone who is connected to the audience that you serve, like that's like the beauty of a platform is like the audience that you serve is there. You can search for them. They're already searching for you. But um, if you can, instead of connecting, which isn't, you should still connect with someone who can give you a one-off project. But if you can connect with someone who is like a hub, like a social media person, Leah is a hub. 
like Leah is always going to know people who need social media help. And so mm-hmm. Leah is not giving you one job to manage her social media. She's giving you 15 jobs for like all of her clients who need social media support. So that is also like a really important thing about networking is like, look for the hubs, look for the nodes, the people that like serve the audience that don't do the same work as you, but do work that's adjacent to you for the same audience that you want to serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, do we want to go ahead and transition into Q and a, all right. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up the podcast portion of this episode and switch into our Q and a portion, which is just for our members. Um, but just a reminder that our membership is free. So if you want to be able free, 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 if you want to be able to submit, um, questions that we'll answer, um, for you, just go ahead and check out our membership, um, freelancersaligned.com. Yeah. And I'm going to just add one more closing tip yeah. inside the free freelancers aligned membership. We have an awesome bonus. If you decide that you want to be platform specific, you want to use your networking, like whatever you want to do of finding jobs, like the whole point of this whole conversation is to find work. Like that's our goal for you is to fill your schedule with clients. Okay. So we have 99 places to freelance, which is a free bonus inside the free membership. So definitely check that out when you get in there. Um, because that is going to have a lot of great resources for you to check out. If you don't want to do Upwork, if you don't have a sphere of networks, um, if you don't have, you know, anything that we've already talked about, like that's going to give you a lot of opportunities to check into. So hopefully you can find wherever your niche is specifically. Yeah. It's a great tip. Sorry. Okay. That's all for this episode. All right. Have a great day. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Freelance Revolution podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to check out our free community for freelancers, consultants, and solopreneurs called Freelancers Aligned. Go to www.freelancersaligned.com to sign up. Here are just a few of the things that you get with your free membership. You'll get all of our best resources, strategies, tips, and tools for living the freelance lifestyle. You'll get exclusive access to our monthly live Q&A where you can submit questions that we'll answer live just for you. You'll get a subscription to the Freelance Insider where you'll get tricks of the trade, member-only resources, and curated content from other experts. You'll also get access to the member forum where you can network and connect and ask advice from other solopreneurs who actually understand what you do and are going through the exact same things you are. Did I mention it's free? Go to www.freelancersaligned.com to sign up today.